It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello and welcome to another episode of The Fighting Cock. I'm not sure what actual episode it is, but we thought that um, I was speaking to early spook and I think, well, why not let's jump on and, and do a little Tottenham Hotspur podcast because <laughs> Spurs have been going through the mill somewhat and I haven't spoken to you for about six weeks. Certainly about, <laughs> it's been a while. About Spurs. Anyway, and uh, I just thought, yeah, why not? Let's, let's have a little chat because we do come off the back of a superb result out in Belgrade. Yeah. Um, but you you were saying that uh, how before we started recording how you are impacted by Spurs' performances. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, this is like six weeks without therapy. Do you know what I mean? This is like my the couch. I was lying down on the couch staring up at the ceiling and, and being able to talk about Tottenham so not being able to do this for for a while um, has probably hit me as hard as, as Tottenham's performances and it's so much it is like it, it's like following Spurs on your own or any football club I'd imagine is so much more difficult than yeah, if you have is, people around you and I mentioned it a few times on the pod already so I'm not going to bore people with the same story but just going through getting beat by Bayern Munich 7-2 at home Massive result, you know, hard to take. But because I had Ricky around me, it was so much easier than it could have been. This is what um, I say about supporting a football club. It, it's I wrote something um, a few weeks back, and it was, and, and this is something that has resonated because I know you have preached it for, since the beginning of the fighting cock that it is about belonging, um, and it is more about the experiences that you have with your mates, and that isn't that isn't like a knee jerk defensive mechanism that all oh, when Tottenham are playing shit try and find the positives out of it and try and uh, devalue the uh, uh, devalue the the prospect of being ambitious and, and, and contending and, and whatever else it isn't about that because when you're good you still got your mates when you're bad yeah. you still got your mates so your mates and, and the experience the match they experience that is the one constant thing regardless of the football and whatever else that's the thing that binds everyone together, or at least it should. But it's fragmented to fuck because we've all got our online personas. And for whatever reason, I think the ego in me and everyone means that you want to defend or attack Tottenham or whoever just based on the fact that everybody's so passionate about it. It's the same source material all the time, but the perspectives are just so wide and different ends of the spectrum or whatever else so it's difficult when Spurs are shit for me to to jump onto Twitter and then think right how the fuck oh, you know am I defending them because I'm a happy clapper or am I defending them because I feel that it needs to be defended like what what am I even doing here so I kind of stepped away from that a little bit and just and, and just tweeted a, a, a few things in reaction to some of the defeats we've had and even with the blogging side of things I thought, what am I doing? Am I going to write the same article after every single Saturday or weekend game? Because it just feels yeah. like it's the same performance. Like, how many times am I going to say, we got to wait, we've got to wait five games, we've got to wait ten games, we've got to be patient now. But I think people are demanding a change. And I kind of get that as well. We, we want to see proof, evidence that we're going to get over this. And, change. And, and... Well, I, I, I completely get what you're saying because doing the podcast... It's like we had a couple of really good podcasts during that really bad. Yeah, no, period. They, they were amazing, man. They they, they were uplifted well, they, without a doubt. I don't think all of them were. I don't think all of no. them were, and, and I think to a certain degree we got stuck in right ourselves um, because talking about the same 
frailties in our society it's it's exhausting first off and secondly it's really difficult to find new ways to articulate what's going wrong because none of us really know do you know what i mean we're just no exactly no sorry go on go on well just just as fans we we, all we can do is absorb what we're seeing on the pitch but we don't really know what's going on we don't know the issues we have no idea why ericsson's not performing it just isn't, and we've got to make sense of that. And because uh, uh, we've put ourselves in the position where we podcast and talk about Tottenham, we have to do it, even though it's as exhausting for everybody else uh, as, as as exhausting for us as it is for everybody else. No, I, I completely agree. And it, you know, you said you know, why is, isn't Ericsson performing? Why is he being selected? And, and and that seems to be currently. I've seen a lot of people switch from being pro poch and uh, and supportive of the project or whatever you want to bloody call it to now actually using that as a, as a, as a, as a bullet in a gun to aim at his head because they, they think, well, he's lost it. If he's playing Ericsson, you know, here's a reason why I'm going to scapegoat Pochettino. And I, and I, I get the you We're allowed to be critical. We're, we're allowed to, to ask these questions, but you're right. The, the answers we're not privy to. We only we can only take from what the players give us out on the pitch, and you know I see little things like little kind of uh, micro expressions or whatever you want when people say he's lost the dressing room, the players don't want to play for him anymore. I think they do. I think you you can see in body language that that things aren't that detached, but you can also see this isn't the same synergy and togetherness that we had and I think a lot of people have touched upon this I think the Champions League final broke us and maybe psychologically we were like how the fuck did we get to the final of the Champions League considering our form so we kind of ignored the problems that we had and the, the players as a group got to the Champions League final and thought this is it this is the the cherry on top of the cake this is the end game now we're gonna we're gonna cement and solidify our legacy and we didn't. And it was they probably look back on that game and think, if we had turned up for that game, the way Liverpool started the match, I mean, penalty aside, they didn't give much after the, the penalty. Um, but we didn't give enough. And, and maybe that's hurt us so much that it's just completely shattered the philosophy, the application of the philosophy, whatever you want to call it, and... and and now suddenly we, we we look at the squad and think it's aged not very yeah. well and we 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 could we could we have been more prepared in terms of having players to replace the players with i don't know the point is comes back to patience i think this is going to take time do do you have time as a supporter is what the listeners or anybody should be asking themselves what do you want do you want a sudden change not to go off on a tangent, the thing that I see that really fucking annoys me, people go, oh, get, get Mourinho in, get Mourinho in. And it's almost like get someone in who's won stuff to turn this squad around to maybe win something. And I'm like, okay, so you're having a go at Pochettino for playing players, maybe for political reasons, to prove that, but here's Ericsson, he's not very good at the moment, you should have sold him, Levy. And you want to bring in someone who's a master at deflecting things away from him. Um, or onto him rather, but also playing this kind of political Machiavellian game because it's all about Mourinho at the end of the day. Even yeah. at Man United, it was all about Mourinho. And people say he does that on purpose. But you, you, you want to swap someone 
who has Tottenham in his heart for someone who doesn't. And and that doesn't sit well for me. For what? To win a League Cup? Not that we're going to win that. But to win an FA Cup? To, to, to do what? To, to sneak into the Champions League top four? But fucking sacrifice it, man, at this point. We have to reboot. Imagine mm. if Pochettino starting from the beginning when he came in and we had to get rid of the, the Deadwood and the players that were causing strife and whatever else. He's got to do it again, but now he's doing it yeah. with his own creation. And there's something beautiful in that, even though it's fucking ugly to watch. There's something that I, th- I think for me binds me more with the club and, and with this group of players because of the journey we've gone through. And people say, I just won a fucking cup. That's fair enough, I guess. We all follow football for different reasons, and uh, and not everybody's going to be on the same you know wavelength as us, the fighting cock, and and the the other you know the the kind of short termism you know. Yeah, I mean, look, people have made it clear over the past few weeks about how they've been un- unhappy with the type of podcast we've been producing. One guy said that he'd stopped listening. He had to turn. He loved. He said, "I, I love the pod, but I have to turn <laughs> off after ten minutes." Not enough wank because it. Or- well, no, it wasn't even that. It was just that we were too happy, clappy. That's 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 what he was saying. Oh, we've always I see what you're saying. I thought it was the other way around. You getting green no. was a he what? was a happy clappy. No, no, getting... we've had we've had that as well. We've had that as well. Yeah, we've had okay. people saying <laughs> we've had both things. We've had people saying, "Oh, it's been too miserable." Like we look to you or we listen to the podcast to be sort of held up when things are going wrong. And then yeah. we've had the same people saying, no, you've got, to, you've got to admit the problems and, and talk about them as they are and not sugarcoat them. And the, both the, both those things are fair. But for us, we're not fucking... We're just trying to talk... We're trying to process the same shit as everyone else. But I think the problem um, is, Flav, I think this, is a, this isn't even a football problem. I think this is just uh, like a core ingredient of how humans... Uh, humans, like people... Um, discuss things like it, it, it's like politics you take a side and then you are you know you, you want the answer and you want the answer to be definitive whereas it, it, it can't be there's so many complexities to, to anything even football which is an easy enough sport to understand and play and watch but it, it obviously isn't because then everybody could do it. everyone could be a manager everybody could manage a set of players it, it, it there's, there's so much into it and yeah you can argue about we should have bought plays in the two transfer windows but I'm not going to pretend I understand the finances of the club I know we've got a lot of money but we've got a lot of debt and and, and I know Levy's pro- was probably focused on building the stadium because he's looking at his long term and I get that that winds people up because his long term isn't mine long term isn't yours so and so I guess looking at a problem, you want to know, how do you fix it? Fix it now. I can see the problem. It's Ericsson and it's this. And he's playing the, you know, people are banging on about he's going to he's going to make six, seven changes on a Saturday against Sheffield United. And like, why is he going to do? You don't know what he's, he's planning. Maybe the team we played against Red Star is the future. You know, we've maybe Sessignon in there and, and, and one or two other players. But to get to that, that is the team we play every week. What? Yeah, right, what, maybe, I mean, it will take time to, to implement that. Yeah, definitely. You know? and, and just going back to what you said about Ericsson, is that, you know, if you've been in the workplace yourself and someone said something, or even like a group of mates, they've said something and they've behaved in a way that's really fucked you up. And yeah. when you give them an opportunity to explain it, yeah, you have a different perspective on it. You have a different process of, of, um, of dealing with what, 
what it is that they've said or upset you about. And it may be the same thing with Ericsson. Like Pochettino knows Ericsson. He knows him professionally better than anybody yeah. on this planet, I'd imagine, yeah. right? So he might be speaking to Ericsson's like, Ericsson's, I, I don't know, but I, 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 I just in a, an imaginary dream world, I understood what Ericsson was saying. And if he's saying, look, Poch, I, I see the passes. I see what I'm trying to do. I know what I'm trying to do. It's just not coming off for me. Yeah. But please keep playing me because I feel like I'm on the brink of turning. A good manager yeah. would listen to his player. I, I'm not sure if yeah, this yeah, is happening. I'm just saying, hypothetically, it may be. So we are not privy to any of this information or any of the nuances of these relationships. If Pochettino genuinely feels that Ericsson is best placed to play number 10, despite the form, which on, on the performances alone, you would think, well, that's foolhardy and stupid. But having the whole picture and, and, and being privy to every conversation that they, they have together, it's a different picture that's being painted mm. and you react differently to it. Mm. Um, you just mentioned about the the players, you know, the starting lineup against Red Star yeah. being perhaps an example of about of what the next generation of Tottenham Hotspur, Pochettino's Tottenham Hotspur will look like. If if that is the case, do you do you see a, a shift, a seismic shift in our form, if those three players in Sessegnon and Dombele and Le Celso play? Do you, do you see a change? Because I, I do. I see a change in Tottenham. I, th- yeah, I think Celso is the key key to it all. I really do. Yeah, I mean, he he um, he looks so comfortable uh, with the ball at his feet. He looks so composed, intelligent. Um, you can see that, unlike maybe one or two other signings we've made over the years, that have looked like they were going to struggle forever to fit in. Even Lamella, you could argue, is still struggling to fit in somehow. You know, he he plays his part. Um, whereas the Celso looks like someone who you could build the team around, you know, if you want to use that kind of uh, description um, to hype him up further. But it doesn't, it's, I guess it's not hype with him. You can see his qualities. And, you know, he's had a stop start uh, first season, much like Don Bele has, has, has had. But both of them look like quality elite players or the potential to be elite players and and again people want players to hit the ground running it's probably not been easy for either of them injuries and fitness aside to come into a team that has had its confidence absolutely like syringed out of it out of its mm. body with just like a fucking body of made out of crisps at the minute um this is the worst analogy i've ever attempted but um <laughs> that you can see these players and you can see that they fit um, they fit a formation, a tactic. I, I guess that that's the other problem. A lot of people, you know, we, we, we don't we don't swarm and press anymore. And he's trying to, I guess, Pochettino's trying to get the players playing as a team before he starts to cement a new identity or a new style or a new sort of way of playing football that has like a distinctive Tottenham brand on it. It's one step at a time. But again, I think the way football, Boy, so demanded. It's not just supporters wanting. I mean, you want to see your team play well and win, right? I mean, that's a, a given, and it's frustrating when you don't. But to get back to a level where we we have momentum and confidence in our side, it, it it looks like a bit of a mission at the minute. It's just something we all have to uh, uh, we all have to battle through. Watching it, and, and the players obviously trying to get to grip. 
with believing in, in themselves again and having that team spirit uh, as a unit. So seeing that team and seeing the way they played, I mean, it was the little things again. It was just the, the interchanging of passing, that the yeah. uh, there was a bit of urgency. We we had a lot of possession. I think, it was all, I, I think that it, it was possession with intent, whereas just having possession is yeah. two different things. But Lo Celso's willingness to receive the ball and move it on quickly, to his yeah. selflessness in that yeah. transitional play in midfield meant that it kind of set the standard for everybody else and they trusted giving the ball to Lo Celso that yeah. he wasn't going to hold it too long that we that the other players around him couldn't gamble. And I just kind of, I'm really excited about a future of Tottenham where we've got Ndombele who's so comfortable on the ball. All right, he makes, he, he, he is prone to a mistake and he, he lost the ball against Red Star in a dangerous position, but it's almost, you can forgive him for that because his role in that midfield is so accomplished already. Yeah, yeah. That... Exactly. Nine times out of ten, he's going to do something positive. And then if you think just further forward... Yeah, he does. He's got great vision. Absolutely. And then you think just in front of him, if he doesn't find that vision, if he doesn't have that pass, is isn't on. But what is on is a short pass to Lo that he can give him to give him the ball and and, and move on. It's just, I feel like the, the, the transfers that we made in the summer were made for a reason. And those people that we brought in, those players that we brought in, were always going to have a positive impact. It's just luck mm. in terms of Lo Celso's injury, uh, Cessillon's injury, although they knew about it. It's just a matter of yeah. time or luck where those players are going to start having an impact. Because if you think about it, spending £30 million on Cessillon, you know, potentially end up spending 60-odd million on Lo Celso and the same on Ndombele. These yeah. are players you expect to make an impact. And if they do get to play... I'm not sure what will happen against Sheffield United, but if they do get to play together, then we may we may see a new style of Tottenham that we haven't seen this this season. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's again, it's just everybody's expecting too much too quickly, and even the pundits. I mean, they're paid they're paid to criticise and to, and to make these massive statements. You know, like the Deli Ali got a bit of stick. Uh, the other week, and and he, he his interview after, um, I think it was after the Everton uh, game. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. he's he's such a mature, level-headed, focused professional, and yet people I've seen supporters get on his back. Oh, you know, he's he's exhausted. He's uh, he's potential. Well, I, I'm thinking, I have. I have. <laughs> yeah, no, well. I wasn't actually thinking of you. At least you, you, you've been a little bit softer with your approach. I think it's 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 so difficult when when you set the bar really high at a young age and you make an impact, which you know people need to remember. We never expected him to make the impact that he did, right? And maybe because of that unexpected um, uh, kind of vibe. Um, sorry, I'm getting distracted by someone shouting. Um, that. Because of the way that he 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 ascended, and he was, I guess, a mystery to a lot of the the, the players in, in in the top league, that maybe gave him a comfort zone to to be expressive. And then, then obviously he had to adapt, and he had to adapt with the team. He had to adapt with other players being more aware of him and the way he played. Then he he had to adapt to Pochettino asking him to play a bit deeper. And people might say, well, he's not scoring, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. But he's learning other qualities. He's, he's, you know, remember when he was like, oh, he's a hothead, he's a liability. He's, he fixed that. 
and like people but then move on to the next thing. Oh, he's not to what? Eh? To what impact though? Did he fix it and it actually made him less of a player? Yeah, I mean, there's there's that, but I think the uh, the finish I, the I finish think... against Everton where it was it was daily of old. Yeah, a hundred percent. He has had that matters. hamstring. He has yeah. had that hamstring injury. It Four, has I think. hampered him. Four hamstring injuries. I think so, yeah. So it has impacted him. And I think the key thing, and we mentioned it on the previous podcast, is about how effective he is when he's number 10, when he's playing as a forward mm. as opposed to a midfielder. You know, when he's first joined from MK Dons and he first broke into the first team, it was those that double pivot, that deep-lying midfield player that, that he could play in with ease because it, nothing was really expected of him. It was just yeah. go out there, be Dele Alli, be class. And then we, as we started to move forward and the expectation and demands on him and the low percentage area of the pitch he was playing became crucial to how well Spurs did, he flourished as he as he grew into the role. He yeah. gets injured. He misses three months of last season, comes back towards the end of the Champions League campaign, was instrumental in that game against yeah. uh, Ajax away, you know, set up two goals. So it may be that, you know, ensuring ensuring that he can play further forward. And that seems to happen when Kane isn't available. Mm. You know, Again, um, this is up to Pochettino as well, isn't it? He has to refresh and rejuvenate his uh, thinking in terms of where these players... Because when you look at our forward lineup, it's immense on paper and, and potentially on, on the field because we know what they're all capable of doing because we've seen it over the season. So it's it's an it's a amazing problem to have and it's and we know it works because it's worked before under Pochettino but maybe it has to work a little bit differently now he's got other options in there he's going to have to change the, the midfield is already evolving it just has to settle into something he has to have a blueprint he has to know where we're heading with it and we they've got to make the steps we've said this half a dozen times on this pod already we just have to be patient. And if we have to write off this season as difficult as that might be because of the way football is in the modern age, you have to have success immediately. Otherwise, it's it's the lowest of failures. And, and yeah, I get it. People saying, look at Bayern Munich. They sacked their manager. They won 7-2 at White Hart Lane, but then they got thumped twice, 5-1, I think. And the guy did the double last season. They got rid of him. That's the way Tottenham should be, ruthless. This is why we never be a big club, because we don't... Oh, hold on a minute. What do you want to be, then? Do you want to be a Chelsea? Do you want a rotating manager coming well, in A lot of out? them would say, yeah. Do you want... Yeah, they'd say, yes. Yeah. They'd I, but say, it, yeah, I will. This is it, mate. It, it's almost like we're... People want different things from it now. And There's other, look, there's other never... ways to go about it. There's other ways to manage your football club. There's other ways to... The, the, the Chelsea model, it worked, because they could always spend their way to success. Hmm. They can't do that anymore. They've just employed Lampard, which was such a bold, adventurous move. You know, a man, hmm. man who's got 52 management, um, to 52 games, league, top flight league, well, no, not even top flight, championship league games under his belt, and then bringing him in. That isn't an Abramovich style decision. No. But he's been forced but to do it because he can no longer. Yeah. yeah. No longer <laughs> can they exploit. Uh, the transfer market in the way they had. So they've, they've forced their arm. The game has changed. There, there isn't any guarantee by swapping managers that you're going to get anything at all. And certainly not because you can just spend your way out of it. How about yeah. waiting and see what Pochettino can do with money? 
like with these players that we brought in and new players that we're going to add, let's get out some of the old guard who were, by and large, played above their ability due to Pochettino's influence, I would say. Mm. Mm. But what about when we get this new talent pool? Like we get Lacelso in, who his leagues above where Ericsson probably was when he joined Tottenham as a youngster from Ajax. What can he do with him? What can he do with Ndombele? Yeah, that's a good Rough point, diamond. man. So just give him the opportunity to, 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 to wait and see. Like, all right, so we don't get... Football is such an existential, never-ending cycle, right? Yep. <laughs> that it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if you just we write off one season because there are another, in our own lifespan, mine, hopefully, another 50 seasons. So I can, I can <laughs> step back knowing that potentially one day or potentially within 12 months, Spurs could play a completely different outfit, responding to a, a manager in Pochettino who's had five years of experience already with a new set of players applying the things that made him successful with new ideas that he's learned over those five years. That we could be something incredible. We might not. We might not. It might all go down, go, go to shit, and we, we, we never recover the form that we we had before. But there's never a guarantee in football. There's no mm. guarantee ever mm. that Pochettino is going to be great. There's certainly no guarantee that any manager that comes in after him is going to do better than he has done. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with just sitting back and waiting and seeing. No, no, exactly. There are no guarantees in football. That's bang on. And we're not, we're not elite. We're not a club like Chelsea that can buy their way into success. And if that is the model, if that is the future model of success, if that's what Tottenham need to become to win things, then that might be the beginning of the... It will never be the end of me supporting Spurs, but you you get where I'm going with this thought process. Yeah, you're you're almost like you're falling out of love with the idea of following a football club. Yeah, well, in, in, just in terms of, of, of if it, that's what it comes down to, if it's just going to be the top 4%, 5% of European football that will always win things because they've just got more money, then it, the, the, the game has changed beyond the type of repair I'd like to see. And it's just, there's so much money in the game, it's just impossible to, it's just impossible to avoid. But um, at the beginning okay. of Poch's ten- tenure, just to go back to what you said, people wanted him out within the first six months because they couldn't understand what kind of style he was trying to implement. Now, just imagine that, right? Just take that for a second. That's six months into him being appointed after we have appointed so many managers that have failed to hit the height, heights that we were aiming for. Like Redknapp aside, because he was whether you love it or hate him, he, he did have success. Um, yeah. But in terms of Poch, they wanted him out after six months because they, they couldn't wait to see. And then look what he gave us after that, more than any other manager's given us. So are we really in this position? Like, Unless you want to be this ruthless modern-day supporter that just wants, that yeah. prioritises the club above and beyond everything, just want to win trophies. It's not easy to win trophies anymore. I was chatting to some to some bloke, another Spurs supporter, about how you're never going to see another Nottingham Forest or Aston Villa or Derby in, in, in the way they they became kings of Europe. So football no. isn't that anymore. And I know that's going years back and people might be listening to th- this and thinking, I wasn't even born, mate, but how is this relevant? It, it isn't, it isn't. It's just that people's expectations seem to be the same, but they'd 
not the same as just influenced in a way that they look at other teams and think, well, if they're winning things, why aren't we winning things? And we'll look around, look at how many teams can win things, you know, and then look at the teams that actually only ever sort of dominate, you know, are we, are we as big or as good as city and their resources? No. Will we be at some point in the future? Probably. So yeah, certainly with FFP, that, it makes, makes it glow as much as you want. Because we've done Sorry. it the right way. All right, Spook, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna um, just break here for a message from actually I say a message from the sponsors. It's been me doing a read for probably uh, Harry's Razors. Um, so yeah, have a listen for that and consider joining and signing up for Harry's subscription, or maybe get a subscription for your dad. Uh, but if you do, use our sign up code. It's harrys.com uh, forward slash fighting cock without the, the the and. You know, I'm just about to reiterate that. Anyway, we're going to have a break now. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you and listen to you in a bit. Listen to you in a bit. What the fuck am I talking about? Anyway, uh, <laughs> give me two seconds, Big. Yeah, go for it. Second half of the Fighting God podcast. Still joined by Windy. How you doing, mate? Windy? Windy, sorry, Spooky. <laughs> That's disrespectful. The... No. no, no it's actually, I, I mistaken for him. <laughs> I did a pod with uh, two lads for Patreon. If you want to listen to our bonus content, go to patreon.com forward slash fighting cock and you can hear four, I think it's four additional podcasts a week. Mad, isn't it? Mm. Crazy. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I did this podcast with these Sheffield United lads and one of, one of their names was George and I called him Jeff at the beginning. Which, uh, <laughs> went down the street. Never changed, man. Uh, one change. of my, I can't, I just can't be professional as much as I try to be. And I'm, I'm going to try to be right now because one one of the Fightercock sponsors is Fansbet. And if you like a flutter at football, then you can use fansbet.com. Uh, and they're, uh, you know, uh, as far as betting companies go, they're a good one because half of their profits go back to community projects around football. So, you know, if you, like I say, if you like a flutter at football, then why not use Fansbet? It's fansbet.com. And when you sign up, there is a drop down where you can select the Fighting Cock, uh, which helps us out when you do that so yeah if you if you like a, a flutter then consider using fans bet uh what we can do in the second half spook is mm-hmm. answer some questions from twitter sweet because um why not why not indeed? The, 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 the gold that comes from the fighting cock comes from the people that listen to the podcast and if we're talking about anyway, professional so, that's the only place yeah. you're going to get professionally asked questions twitter Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Um, you you responded rather wittily. We've never heard of him, to be honest. Uh, when when I Who's put that? your at in our oh yeah yeah, you said. Who, who the fuck is spooky? funny guy, isn't you? Uh, funny guy, very dry. <laughs> Mister uh, Mister underscore K. He says now that Flav Bateman, that's me, has been whoring himself out and appearing on Match of the Day two on Sky Sports, similar to Poch slash Real Madrid. How long till he ditches the fighting cock? Um, I think I'll answer that in that if I ditch the fighting cock I can't actually sustain my lifestyle <laughs> I, I, I would have to go and work in uh, fuck knows where so um, there's, there's zero chance of doing that and just to be serious a second I didn't whore myself out to match of the day they have a list of people that some runner at some point has created of fan made material uh, for each football club and under Spurs probably has my Twitter or my name or something 
and they've just picked it out of the hat. They haven't looked at me, or I'm sure the producer who produced that didn't even have a fucking clue who I was. It's quite nice, though, isn't it? Like the the, the way uh, media's changed so much that, like before, it was just the media and the news and the newspapers, but now because of social media and the internet, they have to pay attention to to fans and supporters. And and I know it's a it's, yeah. it's a cheesy, you know, using the word influencer sounds a bit. Nancy, but we do people do influence i mean you can be anyone you can you can say something on on social media and you can end up getting tens of thousands of uh, retweets or likes so they have to pay attention to us uh, so it's quite nice the way it's kind of being brought together there's been lots of instances with uh with sky sports you know match of the day two have always been quite um done little sort of mini docus for the their, their coverage um so yeah it, it's yeah that's not whoring that's just them coming to us to you so yeah and it's not like they paid or anything it's just that um they you know the, from, from our perspective you think right well there's an opportunity for for us for, for the fighting cock to be known by more people i guess not that it makes much impact at all but yeah we are where we are and i suppose it's a positive thing yeah be proud um man. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got, the, you got the voice actually. for podcasts and you've got the face for TV. So, I mean, fucking hell. Oh, mate, I haven't <laughs> looked at that. So I, 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 I look, because I'm on camera so much now because I do the other podcast with James Alcott, <coughs> which is on his YouTube channel, James Lawrence Alcott, if you want to follow. <coughs> um, I'm seeing myself get old, which is quite disconcerting. Oh, Because when I joined Bull Street, I was at least 18 pounds lighter. <laughs> and I watch it now, and I'm thinking, for like you're so you just can't help but look at it and think, what the fuck is going on with you and your face <laughs> and your body? Anyway, uh, got a question from Sarah way. Edwards. Of course they do, yeah. Uh, Sarah Edwards, he says, hope it's not too late. Talking to a friend who says that we should boo Ericsson on Saturday to show our feelings. I'm not a booer. My feelings are if uh, they're in the shirt, we need to support the player. Also, booing makes a t- toxic atmosphere. What are your thoughts? Stupid, like booing. What? What is it? Pantomime. Oh, okay, it is. I mean, football's a circus most of the time. But come on, man. Like, how, how does it ever help, really? Un- unless you know, unless the atmosphere, like in terms of what the the, the plays are doing, is completely toxic and, and completely like irreversible in terms of uh, getting back to where we need to be. And, yeah, if they do something. If if the player does something that is unforgivable, like if Ericsson pulled his shirt off, off. yeah, <laughs> yeah, pulled his pants pants down and shitted on the shirt, <laughs> then uh, then yeah, at that point you might think, well, booing, <laughs> there's there's no way back for him, but he's he's not poor performance. If poor poor performance comes with it, lack of effort, then I can understand it to some mm. degree. But poor performance alone isn't the time to boo and make a player's life worse. In fact, if if, if anything, it's a time to support him. This it's is what I mean, say, man. Look, you it's, know, it's, I know you can get into loyalty and you can say he's not loyal because he wanted to leave and this stuff, but he's quite upfront and honest about that. And if the club let him down or if no one actually bid, whatever, we, at the end of the day, he's been selected for reasons that you gave earlier. We don't know the reasons, but 
if if he's gone to Pochettino and said, I want to do well for Spurs and Pochettino believes in him, he has to give him those opportunities. Um, and if he still doesn't perform, then obviously we might be at that stage already. There's no doubt we can question the, the, the two of them. But yeah, they're wearing the shirt. They're playing for, for us. Like, What message does it send out to all the other players as well? Like, it's just in terms of as a fan base, we bang on about how we're we've got the best away supporters and uh, you know the atmosphere at Tottenham could be so electric and blah 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 blah. blah. What? So when it's good, it's good. But when the when the team hits a low, what we step back and go, well, you know, this is nothing to do with me. I pay sixty quid to come and watch this shit. If I want to boo, I'm going to boo him. But people like take it incredibly serious. I think T might have mentioned something about how uh, football has kind of religious undertones. And well, it does. We know that and people blindly follow what they believe in. And and then if they don't like something, they pick up a stone and, 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 and chuck it at the, the person they want to punish, even if that person doesn't deserve punishment. And even if they did deserve punishment, death by stoning, in this case, booing, this is another shit analogy, um, <laughs> it's just it's just it's, it's detrimental it doesn't work and it sounds naff as well like boo it's just it's, it's a it's an arsenal thing so fucking let them i mean boo their captain and whatever else and then let there's us... no greater sound there's no greater sound than when fucking arsenal fans boo their own team yeah it just you just hope that we don't turn into that no well we are turning into that a little bit but how incredible would it be like, rather than sigh and go, oh, like all all together, an Eric's a misplaced pass that people actually got off their seat and screamed and shouted encouragement, even if they could see yeah, it, like, it's a lost clap. cause. Yeah, it's just like um, sometimes again, uh, T has always banged on about how, and I think Bardi also mentioned it how. Liverpool just believe they believe, believe, believe their supporters believe almost at the point of it being impossible and somehow they make it possible. Now, granted, they've got yeah. a fucking good team and, you know, their manager, you know, he knows what he's doing at the moment. They're in their, they're in their peak yeah. and that, that cycle. And, ends let's not, as well. let's, and let's not forget, let's not forget. Yeah, of course it will. But let's not forget also that they were literally baying for Roy Hodgson's blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I think all support. I think we're all we're all the same. We're all hypocrites. But my point is, how refreshing would it be from from that the, that kind of narrative perspective? Where oh, player don't want him, boo him, going just flipping that around, just flipping it around, and actually doing the complete opposite, even if it's not warranted, because yeah. football is well, confidence, imagine, imagine, man. It's just confidence for most of these guys. How, ma- yeah, imagine how like the team would react. Imagine how Ericsson would react, would react if the entire stadium was behind him. Like, like he made a misplaced pass, and you're going to get groans. You're going to get always get groans, but the response was singing his name mm. because there would there would make it would be no difference if if you sing his name and get behind him and he's playing poorly because he's playing poorly anyway. So it's not making a difference. Exactly. If we re- so if you if we make an attempt to get behind him and try and build him up and to say, look, Ericsson, we still believe in you and we're still grateful for everything you've done for the football club, and because of that, we're going to sing your name even when you're playing poorly. Mm. Maybe that would give him the belief to get back to where he was. I mean, these... but what won't 
He's booing him. Yeah, no, exactly. And these people that are suggesting I'm going to boo him, like, all right, mate. So what if you went into work and you fucked up a, an Excel formula, right? And it, and it just completely corrupted your, your, your data. And the entire office, like 100, 150 people stood up and started abusing you for being shit in Excel. <laughs> But and it wouldn't I, even be that. It, like yeah? the comparison would be, it wouldn't even be that. The ca- comparison would be <laughs> the, the the interns and runners coming up and booing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Like the management's going, exactly. no, keep 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 That's... doing your job well. But the the runners keep coming up and going, boo, boo. And he's like, I'm finding it really hard to concentrate with the runners booing me. And the manager's going, well, just ignore the ignore the runners. But they're they're, they're there. They're constantly. They're emailing me, going, you're shit. <laughs> Nah. Um, <coughs> we had uh, a question from Pat- Patrick M on Twitter. He says, uh, "How how do them lot have an opinion on their Europa League game? Considering most of them were still in school when it kicked off." So you see that game last uh, this week. You we didn't even finish U- it Europa- like half five or something stupid. It was or... uh, five forty-five. The game finished, so it must have kicked off <laughs> in the UK. Hell. What four o'clock? Four Jesus o'clock? Christ. So you know it's it's just it's just funny. He's just done a funny, isn't he? Um, and uh, Marcus Edwards was instrumental in their equaliser in ninety-one minutes as well, which is nice. Always good to see. Uh, but um, Tony D on Twitter he says, uh, "Are the letters M B L M B E L E in that order on the back of a Spurs shirt magic?" How impressed have you been with Ndombele? Yeah, like again, very impressed um, when he's on it. Um, like I said earlier, you can see you can see his qualities, and like anybody who watched even highlights of, of the Champions League like last season, um, you you could tell that this is a player that perhaps has a little bit more magic than Musa had. Um, then you know people are going to compare them because they're midfielders and you know they're kind of defensive in the way they're they're offensive, but Musa would take the ball out and maybe not maybe sideways pass it to someone who will then create an opportunity on assist and assist. Whereas, you know, uh, Ndombele will actually aggressively run forward. Um, players will then find space and he would find the pass and find the player. Um, you know, he's a bit rusty in places. His fitness, you know, I think, did he finish the game or did he get subbed uh, against Red Star? But he he played. Uh, can't actually remember. But I, I, usually he gets subbed quite um, relatively. Yeah. You know, early in the game um, because of his fitness levels. So it's there's room for improvement, but it's we're talking about he's shown enough to be the centre point of that midfield for for many years until Real Madrid buy him, and and. Yeah, I, I can't. I, again, I'm, maybe I am happy, clappy, or, or, or just just a chilled out person when it when it comes to this kind of stuff. But be, when players wear the shirt, even when they're shit, I'm almost like, well, hold on a minute, let's just work out why they're shit. Is it really his fault? Why did we buy him in the first place? Like Luis Hopi, for being the prime example. But with with on on Bele, credit to Tottenham, to Poch, to Levy, whoever. Um, he's exactly what we needed. He does have magic on the back of his shirt, and he has magic in his feet as well. So, imagine yeah. him this time next season when he's had a full season to kind of really bed into the tempo and the rhythm of 
of the game and whatever style we adapt as the season uh, grows older. Um, yeah, love him. Um, yeah, absolutely, me too. Uh, K-, K Club Keith, he says, how do you feel about the difference in Ericsson's le- Tottenham legacy had he left in the summer compared to what it'd be now whenever he moves on? So if he mm. hadn't had the last three or four months of poor performance, how do you think Ericsson would be remembered now or if he'd left in the summer? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it's like the whole Robbie Keane thing. You know, you can say it's tainted his legacy at the club, but again... <laughs> Uh, this is probably more about what type of person you are. If you're, if you're one of these, uh, I mean, it's borderline cancel culture as well, isn't it? So like, let's just forget, um, let's just forget what you, all the good you've done and just focus on, on the single mistake and never forgive you for the single mistake. And yeah, look, he, the, the guy always had a plan to move on. Is That's what, that he was ambitious in terms of personal ambition. He wants to go and play, at a particular type of club in Europe. And, you know, we've had players before that have come in and have been quite, have been gentlemen, they've been quiet and they've got on with it. They've been really professional. And then they've left. And Michael Carrick did the same thing. Now, you're going to begrudge yeah. Carrick and the honours that he won at United. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to be honest, yeah. he made the right choice. He was probably told, much like Berbatov was told, go to Tottenham, <coughs> perform well, and we, will, and we will sign you. And, and, that, that, that's just what we were at the time. We were a, a stepping stone. Um, I think Ericsson wasn't, we weren't so much a stepping stone, but we were almost uh, the, the, the team that gave birth to his potential. Um, and he took time to settle into Poch's team. And when he did, love him or hate him, I mean, the stats and the performances um, speak for themselves. And when, we, when he's not playing, he was missed. It taints it because, you know, he wanted to leave, but he didn't. But that wasn't really his fault. Um, or maybe it is. Maybe other other, other teams look at him and, and don't think he's of the right quality. But it's unfair to say that, man. Uh, you know, all players are inconsistent to a degree. Not everybody can play at Fort Pell all the time. <coughs> and I think because... Well, he's, when... he's done... He's done so much uh, for Spurs. Like, this yeah, man. Very of course, bad, but of course. He's like stats previously. Yeah, you can't. You know, he's he's. It's just the situation, and it's come at a stage where the team isn't playing uh, to the, the same high standard, so everything gets amplified, and every, you know certain people get uh, scapegoated, but you know more people yeah. scapegoating him than say Danny Rose, who has numerous times suggested he wants to get out of the club and and he's his form has been uh a bit messy uh, for a while now mm. um so again it's people will choose their favorites and protect them and they choose the ones they feel are, are easy scapegoats true uh m ford 81 he says now that Bardi's brain busters is back we had Bardi's brain busters in the last episode of the fighting cock uh what are the chances we'll get to see the return of rickypedia so, Wikipedia was a feature <laughs> early in... The only reason this, that, that, it, that it existed and we did it was because Ricky and Wikipedia and Wikipedia was just so similar. It just made sense. So, it was just <laughs> an opportunity to say Wikipedia over and over again. And we got Ricky to come up with some sort of facts, a statement around the up-and-coming game. And he just had this... like He had like this funny, you know, because I know 
we're going to smash Swansea or whatever it was. Um, I, I think the best way, and I know how Ricky, Ricky's brain works, the best way to get Wikipedia back, or if you haven't heard it and you want to hear it, tweet at RickyTFC and say, we want Wikipedia. Just if, if you listen to this and you've got Twitter open, your phone handy, just go on Twitter, at him, Ricky. And I, well, I won't tell him this, and he probably won't get through to the end of this anyway. Just <laughs> just tweet him, at Never RickyTFC, we want, we want Wikipedia. And if enough of you do it, it will definitely come back because I know he's, how his like, devious brain works. I used to love it when you used to turn up to the, the pods back in the day and, and crouch ends and he'd have something scribbled on note paper. He's been doing notes on the train <laughs> and the bus yeah. up to the podcast. Yeah, like, never... Super prepared. <laughs> <laughs> super research. That will inevitably, inevitably be what, what you we end up getting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um Okay, final question before we end. Uh, one from Dave Salisbury. No, sorry, my bad. He had a question about. Actually, yeah, what, what, uh, there, there was one question here. I'm just trying to find it. Um, it was from North London is ours. It says, after the game versus Red Star, we seem to click. Uh, what is our best team? So if you if you could choose out of our entire squad, what would you? Maybe not our best because we haven't seen. Celso and Sessegnon but if you had, if you could choose from all of our players if they were all fit to line mm. up in our next league game who would you who would you choose from first to 11 if there were no injuries uh, and what I w- formation I would probably choose the, the, the team that we had let's say with Sessegnon in there um, so re- read it out so you'd have Gazaniga over Loritz yeah so Sanchez <laughs> So you'd have um, Davies, Sanchez, Dyer. Yeah, hold on, hold on a minute. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, so I, just forget about what we had. Like, what, what would your, your what's our best team, speak? Oh God, man, you, you'd let's probably want to play to... Toby and uh, for, for Tongan. Right, you'd let's, imagine. Let's go from the back. Let's go from the back. So you got is, is it Gazzini Grove Loris is where you are now? For, for the minute, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd keep him, even if Hugo okay, was go... fit. Okay, uh, um, I, I think our best formation is a four-four-two-three-one. So we we'll go with that. Yeah. At left back, you'd have da- Davies over Rose, or yeah. would you have? Would you drop Sessignon in there? Um, uh, no, Sessignon. You would. Ha- you'd have Sessignon. I'd test him. All right, so Sessignon left back. <laughs> We're going to lose left- this game. If I was manager. <laughs> so Vertonghen as uh, left centre back, Alderweireld as right centre back. And uh, a right back, you had Foyf. Yep. Yep. And in midfield, would you have Winks and Dombele or um, oh, uh, Sissoko? No, I, you see, this. I think this was one of the other questions we had about whether Winks and, and Dombele can play together. And, and people are saying they, they can't, but I'm saying they can. I don't and, think they, they can. You don't okay. think they can? For your... No, I don't. I, I really? think they're too, way too similar. Yeah, they're they're both. They would both perform the same role. I think and Dombley anywhere else other than that in that double pivot or the bottom know, of the diamond I, is wasted. I just th- yeah. I, I I guess if they're playing the same role again, it comes back to it comes back to instructions and and the kind of discipline that Poch wants to instill. I think Winks has the potential uh, to find another level to his game. But okay, fair enough. Right now. 
they, they probably are similar the way they, they uh, pick the ball up and distribute. And you could argue Dombele has more of that kind of visionary touch. But I kind of think back to Winks when he, when he plays really well. He can sometimes boss that midfield. Um, and then you can maybe, if he plays a deeper row and you have on Dombele being a bit more of the aggressor, I don't know. Maybe there's an equilibrium. Maybe there's a balance. I can't fucking pronounce that word. Uh, equilibrium. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try it again. So you're you're saying and Dombele and Winks as the two deep I, I'd go. Yeah, I'd just risk it. Yeah, but but. All right. That that and that's, then up that's top, me fantasizing. The free the free behind Kane. Would it be out of? I'm going to list all the players yeah, we've got go. going forward. Lamella, Eriksson, Delhi, Lacelso. Uh, Son, uh, Son and Delhi just behind Kane, and and then you'd have Kane up top. Yeah. So Ericsson wouldn't make it. He he wouldn't. Um, just I, I in would, terms I would... of wanting to see Lacelso and and just because if we're going to talk about a new chapter, and Ericsson is going to leave, then obviously, yeah, okay, this is the ideal team that I would like to see. If anything, just to see how. How they they play together because it, it's enough of a change. Maybe apart from the the, the centre backs, it's enough of a change to 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 kind of rejuvenate and galvanise what what we've got. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I, I the only one I'd change, I'd I'd, I'd chop Winks out for Tosoko in that midfield, but more or less with you. Yeah, I mean Tosoko, right. you could just argue he's a bit, he's still a bit erratic. Do you know what I mean? So you can. No, have... he doesn't. He's. It, there is no world where he doesn't start in the Pochettino side. Mm. <laughs> Pochettino loves him. And I love him. I love him. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, that's it, Spook. Um, thank you for joining me on a Friday night. Uh, yeah, no worries, Friday, man. Like five or six years ago, Friday nights, would I wouldn't be, even dream of doing a podcast. Um, you know, you'd be uh, putting something up your nose. More mature. Yeah. Probably, yeah. A dick. <laughs> <laughs> all right speak uh, oh, I love you, i'll man. speak to you soon my brother love you too yeah, mate and um yeah come on you spurs yes nice to speak all right cheers mate we'll catch up soon yeah, again man good. okay after the weekend yeah all right sweet man have a good weekend bye bye sports social podcast network sports social podcast network Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.